What's going on, Wizards fans? Zach Rosen here with Chris Gehring from WashingtonWizards.com. Coming up in this episode, we call Chris Miller from NBC Sports Washington and the Wizards Talk podcast to kind of go through the Wizards offseason now that all the moves are official. Uh, but before we get to that interview, we want to remind you that this podcast is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Washington Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online. And coming up on the other side of the break, Chris Miller. All right, we're here, and on the other line, we have NBC Sports Washington's reporter, sideline reporter, all things soul talk, Chris Miller. Chris, how are you on this beautiful morning? I'm good. I'm good. A little hot out there, but no complaints. You guys good? Yeah, it's a little warm. A little warm. I have a very short walk from the metro to the office. Yeah, truth, truth. We have a heat advisory, though, and it's not from your shoes, which is rare. True. (laughs) <laughs> but hey chris we just Much respect all day. <laughs> we wanted to call you and uh you know we haven't really gone through all the free agency or trades you know all seven of them that went down for the wizards uh in the past month just because you know a lot of it wasn't official on our end we can't really talk about anything till it's a done deal papers are signed the league has approved right. it um so we thought why not call in one of the the wizards resident experts and just just kind of go through you know what what took place over the last month um so i think we can start with the re-signing of thomas bryant i think the front office has both internally and externally said this was our top priority uh getting him to come back on you know not a not a a deal that that's going to hurt them by any means they're really banking on his potential um what were your thoughts when you saw that go through well i thought priority number one should have been tv based off of you know, what was said during the season towards the end and before going into free agency from what I had heard from my sources within the front office that he was the priority. And like you said, Zach, to get him on the deal in which they got him on, I think it's a really good move for the team in terms of what they're allocating out uh, money-wise. And it's good for TV because he's still so young and it's only a three-year deal. So if he continues on this trek, uh, his next contract could be even more significant. And I, I said it all year long. If it wasn't for Dwight Howard's uh, back issue, would we have ever seen this version of Thomas Bryant? And I just, you just don't know how, how he would have been able to develop with minimal minutes. But the fact that throughout the year, this guy was a major player in the starting lineup. And even when he came off the bench, he would produce at such a really high rate it made sense to get a partnership with him long-term. And I, I really like Thomas. I mean, you guys know him, too. He's a, he's a worker. Uh, he's going he's gonna to put everything he has out there on the floor, and he cares. And when you've got those two things and a young player like that, you can build around it. And when you've got him in a situation, when he, when he plays like that on a team that's led by a guy like Bradley Beal – and, and others, but obviously Bradley Beal, the, the lead man right now for the Wizards, you can tell the chemistry that that gives them on a base level, and we watched it grow, and I, and I think that that's really exciting too. When you think about the relationship those two have, you know, they're different ages, they're different experience levels, but the bond that they created in a really short time, I think bodes well for, for the future too, would you think? 
I do. And, you know, it was, we were in London where I really saw the relationship, I think, hit, hit where it was like, okay, these guys have something going on. Brad could have easily taken that last shot against the Knicks in London. And yet, you know, you know, Brad, you know, he tripped on the play, but he had the presence of mind to kind of just throw it up uh, to Thomas. And, and, and Thomas got the goaltend call, which was ended up being the game winner. And for a veteran, a seven-year veteran, to do that to, for a, a second-year player really spoke volumes about both people. One, Brad's trust, and two, Thomas's ability to gain that trust from a veteran. So, yeah, I, I saw their relationship grow, and, and, and Brad uh, has, has told me he was on that phone uh, when free agency opened, making that phone call, trying to get TV back here, and they got the deal done. And I was going to ask you, like, what – what had you heard from the recruiting aspect and uh, from Brad especially, just that he, he was on top of it, making sure he got his guy and all that? Absolutely. You know, and John was on the phone also. Um, and, and that, when I talked to Thomas in Las Vegas, he said, man, that really meant a lot that the leadership of this team in the locker room uh, reached out during the recruitment period. Because they didn't have to do that. I mean, they see him every day. They're, they're his teammates, right? But to, to go that extra mile just to say, hey, man, we really appreciated what you did last year. We want you back. Uh, I think spoke volumes for Thomas, and I think it's going to take his confidence to an even higher level once this season starts. Speaking of a Thomas, another, uh, well, it's his last name, Isaiah Thomas, who the Wizards signed closer to the, you know, more recently in free agency. Uh, another guy who I'm sure John Wall had a lot to do with recruiting him. They've been very close for a long time. Um what did you make of that signing and the opportunity that both Isaiah has and the Wizards have? Well, I joked with him when I talked to him in Vegas about, man, there's a lot of battle scars. And it was funny, uh, Chris and Zach, he was actually wearing all black in Vegas. So it was just kind of ironic to see the Wizards just signed Isaiah Thomas and he's wearing all black. And I brought that to his attention. He just started laughing. He's like, man, <laughs> those were some battles. And I'm like, bro, you have no idea. The game two, what did he, what did he drop, 53 that, that night in the yeah. garden? Yeah. Where there was absolutely nothing the Wizards could do. I just like, man, because I literally, before I went out to Vegas, I was watching it because I had heard that the Wizards were trying to get uh, Isaiah Thomas. And I was like, man, let me go back and just look at game two just to see how dominant he was. Guys, there was nothing the Wizards could. I don't think any team on the planet could have stopped IT that night. But it was, it was just funny to see, like, now he's on – the wizard side and he's wearing black and just the significance of it all was kind of funny to me yeah and it's it's interesting that the comment from him that stood out to me the most was that he said that this offseason he's kind of felt like this is the first time in a long time where he can actually work on his game and he, he doesn't have to right. he doesn't have to recover and I'm, I'm very I'm really curious to see the difference that that makes when when we get to training camp and he can just play ball because I, I know that, like, for the last at least two years, he just really hasn't been able to do that. He's always been battling back. And so I think that's the interesting part about where he is as a player, too. Yeah, and his ability to score the ball uh, is, is going to be needed this year with this team. And, you know, I, I had kind of three concerns uh, before going into uh, the free agency period when I heard that IT could have been in play. One was, you know, Obviously, what's his health, right? Come to find out he's healthy. He's ready to go. As you said, Chris, he's working out. He's out in L.A. actually working out with Thomas Bryant, which is kind of funny. They're already trying to get their chemistry down. 
the other issue that I had was, you know, fourth quarter, IT hitting the watch with Bradley Beal being the fourth quarter guy. Like, how is that going to work? I'm curious to see how that's going to work once the season starts, when it's fourth quarter, money time, who's going to get the ball, who's going to dominate it. Um, you know, Brad and IT both said that they, they're really looking forward to that part of the game, to being able to share those fourth quarter moments. And the last thing that I had was what would be the financial and, and, and the year's commitment that the Wizards would make for him, uh, especially coming off of the hip surgery. And you know, like you said, Chris, the last couple of years, he's just not been ready to go in training camp. You know, to make a one-year deal, um, you're taking a flyer on the guy to, to, to be his old self or as close to his old self as possible. And I don't think it's hurting uh, the organization to take a one-year flyer on it to see if it works. And if it works, maybe, you know, when John does come back, you talk about having John Wall and IT as, as your two-point guards. That's a scary proposition if they're both back to being as close to what they were when they were 100%. Yeah, it's certainly a, a low-risk, high-reward move. Uh and to to fill that void until John comes back, I think to have someone experienced, uh, and also have you know Troy Brown can play the point a little bit. Brad can certainly handle the ball. Uh, we've already seen uh, Rui Hachimura handle the ball in summer league. I, I'm not expecting him to you know be bringing the ball up the court every time, but he can at least push the ball. So in today's NBA, having just ball handlers and playmakers is so paramount. Yeah, I mean, everybody, really. I mean, even if you can get a five-man that can kind of, you know, get it off the rim and maybe at least get it to half court, that'd be that'd be something nice to have, right? Yep. We've seen TV do it. TV actually a couple of times last year kind of got it off the rim and pushed it to the point where he knew, okay, it's time for me to get this ball up, right? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But you guys talked about Rory. I mean, that was kind of one of the priorities uh, Robert Pack wanted to see from Rory before we went out to Vegas was as soon as he gets the ball off the rim, push it. Let's 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 get our offense going early, so that won't allow teams to load up. And yeah, we saw it a couple of times in Vegas. And, and he's an intriguing young man, guys. I, I just mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to see for myself, you know, more than just the two or three times that I saw him in college. Right, uh, I saw him against Duke, Carolina, and I saw him in the tournament. Uh, I wanted to see him up close. And what I saw was somebody that you know the lights just didn't seem too bright for him. He seemed to be very comfortable in the flow of a game. Uh, I wanted him to be a little more aggressive, but I get that he's trying to figure out the league. Uh, and, and once the season starts, I think I call it going to summer school, right? You go to summer school in Vegas to try to figure out who you are, what you are when you're a young player like that. And then once you get to training camp, you kind of blend into that rookie role, and I think he'll do a really good job at that. Yeah, I think you saw him being more aggressive, especially when Troy didn't play in that Hawks game. Um, so I think you're. I'm with you. Like we haven't seen him have his own team in a way. Not that that's going to be the case with the Wizards, but eventually, you know, he's right. your number nine overall pick. You kind of want him to be able to carry the burden by age, you know, 25 or whatever you're projecting him to be when he's ready. So I mean, I all I saw was encouragement from him. Um, he was very dominant in that Hawks game against Bruno Fernando, who's no, you know, he's. He's not a joke on defense. He's one yeah. of the best defenders in this draft. So that, and that was bigger. impressive. Yeah, yeah, and a bigger guy. Uh, before we, you know, jump full throttle into summer league too, I, I just wanted to, you know, run by a few more of the acquisitions with you. Uh, Davis Bertans was acquired in a three-team trade from the Spurs, uh, and then C.J. Miles uh, from the Grizzlies in exchange for Dwight Howard. 
two guys, you know, that have been around the league. We haven't, you know, been able to, to meet them or speak with them yet just based on circumstance of the trade and all that. But what did you make of those moves, and how's that going to help the front court? Well, I'll start with Bertans first. Um, don't know much about him. Uh, I know he gave us, I think, 20 in San Antonio last year. Yeah. shot the ball well. And it was funny. I was sitting next to somebody that covered the Spurs for a couple of years when the deal literally was announced. And I, and I asked this person, I said, so tell me about Bertans and glowing reviews. Uh, I guess he's a movie buff guy. So we've got somebody to kind of critique movies for us next year. Yeah, I guess good. he's like big time movie guy. Like that's all he does is watch movies. But the one thing that I didn't know until I started doing a little bit of research on him. So on his shooting right hand, he cut off in a, you know, wood cutting accident when he was 13, half of his ring finger on his shooting hand, which is the most amazing thing. I'm like, well, wait a minute. How are you able to like put the ball and you know how you shoot it and all that stuff. That's my kind of guy. I mean, you're cutting (laughs) fingers off and you're still hooping. Put him on the list. Uh, So he shoots it really well. I think what I was told is he's sneaky athletic. Um, You can play that that four spot, play maybe a little bit of big three. Um, But he's coming from the Spurs system. So here's what we do know. He's going to be fundamentally sound. He's going to know the game. He's going to have a high basketball IQ. And the way he shoots the ball and his athleticism Hopefully this is a guy that would be a rotational piece for the Wizards. For sure. The, the only thing I remember is exactly that. I was in San Antonio for that game, and I just remember within that system, he he plays smart, he knows how to find his spots, and when he gets the ball in a spot that he's supposed to be in, he knocks down shots. And in, in this yeah. league, that's, that is paramount. And, you know, C.J. Miles, who we all know a lot about too, it, he's a similar type of player. I mean, C.J. Miles has a little bit more – individual ability to get his shot off more confidence when he has the ball in his hands to begin with um which i also think is is obviously valuable particularly in you know in different situations coming off the bench maybe um and all that all that stuff but he's another guy that adds that just a a threat all over the floor and really just he's a not he's just a knockdown scorer yeah it it didn't it wasn't something that was lost on me when I saw three names that the Wizards brought in. Okay, I see Isaiah Thomas, C.J. Miles, and also Ish Smith. And I think to myself, those three guys have given the Wizards fits for years. <laughs> right. I hope they do the same thing once they put a Wizards uniform on because those three guys in, in, in several instances were major pains in the behind. You think about Isaiah Thomas clearly in the playoff, C.J. Miles, when he was with Indiana and when he was with Toronto, gave us fits. Yep. And then obviously Ish Smith during the years has just been the guy that just had the ability to just get the ball, push pace, uh, really attack your defense in the paint and, and allow to kick out the shooters. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they're on our side now, guys, and let's see if they can do the same thing they were doing when they were in other uniforms. Yep. And another thing on those guys is they're all vets, and especially with this is a really young team now. Uh, we won't dive too deep into the, the Lakers trade, but those are three guys that are, you know, 22 and younger. Troy Brown's 19, Thomas Bryant's 21, Rui's 21, Admiral's 21. You need some vets around these youngins. And I know as a as an OG like yourself, you can respect that. I do. You know, I, I like the kids. I think they're all uh, – they all bring a workman's life mentality uh, to this team. They've got room to grow just like anybody else on the team. But I, I like – uh, you know, the, the, the Wagner kid, to me, as you guys both know, the Wizards were extremely high on him, you know, when he was coming out of the draft. He had multiple workouts with Washington. 
Uh, so it's just kind of just funny how in a calendar year how things can change. You know, not only was he somebody that they really liked, but you know, ultimately they were able to get him in, in that trade. Uh, the Isaac Bonga kid is really young, uh, long, really good defender. Uh, Jamario Jones. Uh, Jamario Jones is somebody that rebounds at a, at a guard's position, but he he rebounds like a forward. Um, so, they, you, know, you know, Tommy and, and the staff were able to go out um, with the budget being what it was and was able to kind of change what the direction of the team is in terms of workers, young players, tradable assets maybe down the road. You know, they, they, they've got it all now. Where, where before the cover was a little bit bare in that department. Now you've got a chance now to make some phone calls maybe down the road and, and get into some trade scenarios. And I wanted to ask you about I know when Tommy was on your podcast, he he brought up uh, let's go to work is kind of the new mantra of the team circled around Bradley Beal and all that. Uh, what did you really take from that? I mean, I feel like this team has always been like hard work, easy work, all that, but it seem, it does seem different than what it was. It's really different. You know, I use this analogy. It'd be like if you have a workout at 7 in the morning. You know, these kids to me seem like they'd be in, in there at 6 in the morning, getting a lift in, getting their shoes tied, stretching, and ready to go at 7. It just makes a whole a big difference. And I talked to Scotty Brooks about this and the other coaches. It makes your job so much easier when you have people that are enthusiastic about the process. Not so much like the game. Everybody gets excited for the game, right, guys? It's 7 mm-hmm. o'clock, it's time to hoop. But it's the things that lead up to the game. You've got to get more people in there that are invested in that because that ultimately helps you once you get to the game. And I feel like with these young guys, they're all hard workers. Um, I think they're going to be committed to the process, not the process of Philly, but the process of getting ready to play a game. And I think that's going to be beneficial down the road. Listen, they're going to take their lumps next year. Let's, I mean, no no one is going to sit here and, and be like this team, you know, could win 60 games in the first season of the East. This is a young team that is changing what they're doing culture-wise, and they've got a two-time All-Star that can lead the way until Giants comes back. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of like the reality of it. It's kind of like hitting the reset button. That's what they've been saying. That's what Ted said. Tommy said the same thing to me, as you said, Zach, on my podcast. Yeah, and, and Bradley, I, I think we found out last year, when, when the going got tough, Brad never stopped. He never stopped working. He never stopped leading. And when you've got a group of young players that are going to follow that and they're going to work anyway just the same, um, you know, like you said, on, on the court, they're going to have their nights when it's going to be tough and, and things aren't going to go their way. Um, but from our standpoint, being around them for a season, getting to cover that type of atmosphere – um, it's still exciting. There's a lot of potential still. Um, there's a lot of new faces that have a lot of room to grow, and I think that that's going to make it. That's still going to make it really exciting. There's going to be plenty of stuff to to follow and watch, and um, yeah, we'll just have to we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think that groundwork is super important. Yeah, it's it's foundation based, right? You're trying to build your new home. Uh, you still got some real nice furniture in it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> your right. Your man cave is still tight. You got the nice big screen and brand and all that, but you know you got to start building around it. You know you got to put, you know, you got to have a love seat in there. You know, yeah, your kitchen got to be tight. You know, what I'm saying you got to. If you're building your house, you know, you got to start with a really good foundation. I think what they're doing uh, with this plan of attack, um, 
going young, getting workers, uh, I see that being beneficial down the road. I just wanted to circle back on Summer League. I know we talked about Rui a good amount. Uh, we know what Troy brought, but who else kind of stuck out to you at Summer League? You were out there a good amount for uh, at least four of the games, right? Uh, what really stuck yeah. out to you? I, I like Justin Robinson. I think he could end up being really the third guard on the Wizards team uh, once they uh, once they break camp. I think he has a really good opportunity to do that. Uh, very crafty. I like his game. It's very crafty. Uh, the kid from Cincinnati kind of intrigued me. Uh, Troy, uh, Troy Copain. Copain. Yep. Copain. Yeah. Copain. I yep. like him. Playmaker. He, he's got an old man's game to him, too. I like him. Uh, the Matthews kid can shoot the cover off the ball. Zach, you schooled me on that one. I remember yeah. Zach, you telling me out in Vegas you like the kid. I was like, all right, Zach, let me take a look and see. What. <laughs> nah, he can shoot the cover off the ball. And he ended up getting, I think, a two-way deal. So congratulations to him. Yeah, he's got great uh, size, too. He's like 6'7", he, and he's one of those guys who just crashes the boards after every shot. Uh, he's super active on defense. So I'm I'm interested to see him also just shoot the ball a ton in the G League, which is good for him. Probably not great for his teammates, but it'll be good for him. Yeah. Uh, but right, right. He, he was super interesting, and the fact that he didn't play the first couple games was also interesting. Like They were saving him to put him in a certain situation. But you know the G League, I mean not the G League, the Summer League is kind of interesting where you get these, it, it, it's such a like a cornucopia of basketball players, right? You get the top draft picks, they come in, you've got maybe the players that are in their second year, Jared Allen played this year, I think he's in his third <laughs> year, and then you get these guys that have played overseas for years, right? I mean, we had Jeff Withy on our team. I, I, I remember seeing him in practice before we went out to Vegas going, Wait a minute, Jeff Whitney, he played with Kansas like 30 years ago. With, but yeah, with Keith. So you get this wide range of basketball experience on your team and, and in the summer league. And listen, man, everybody is still out there still trying to pursue the dream, right? The dream is still putting that NBA jersey on. Maybe if it's not for the Wizards, it's for somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting tale of, you know, where, these, where players come from and, and, and where are they in their basketball journey. Right. Yeah, Withy is always a good example. I mean, the Anzic Pashiks kid who was drafted in the first round a few years ago, it was interesting to see him out there. Um, so, yeah, I, the Wizards had a really intriguing team. They probably could have made the tournament if everybody played every game, but that's not what it's about. It's right. about being smart and developing the way you need to develop. But I thought it was a s- successful summer league, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, because hopefully everybody's healthy. That's really most important, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, and, and now going into camp, guys are probably had this conversation with the coaching staff in the front office of what is your role. I think that's the most important thing coming out of Vegas is when you have these these meetings with these coaches and, and, and these front office types. What's my role? Okay, you're a G League guy, or we see you playing overseas, or you're going to have an opportunity to make the big club, or you are going to be one of the rotational pieces, Troy and, and Rory. You know, you're going to be one of our guys in the rotation. So, again, I think the conversation is really important after Summer League, coming out healthy and figuring out what you need to do uh, from now until when camp opens, I think, in early October. How can you get better? Definitely. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, just a reminder, everyone can check out his work, of course, on NBC Sports Washington. Uh, once the broadcasts are back, you'll be on there on the sideline hosting uh, Wizards uh, – pregame and postgame and of course uh, on your podcast wizards talk 
which is always a fun listen. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Chris. Yeah, guys, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Hey, Zach, man, I'm going to start calling you young GM after that Matthews record. <laughs> that was really good. You, you, hey, Chris, you better watch him, man. He might be trying to get into the front office. Yeah, that's right. I know. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys. Thank you. All right.